You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Rob, do you notice anything about my voice? Any any difference? No, it sounds exactly the same as it normally does. Does it really? Because mm-hmm. I've got a, a bit of a sinus thing going on, you know, like cold. I think it sounds better on the microphone, though. Do you like me being sick? It sounds better. Uh, it's a little like grizzly, a little more manly. Grizzly, a little more manly. Do I need to be more manly? I mean, you could always be a little more manly. By the way, have you tried the wine yet? No, you haven't given me any of it. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to. Well, that's yeah, fine. I won't I try it then. No, but last chance to get the uh, wine at Knocking Point. Tom Welling and I collaborated. Uh, it's called Pure Evil Wines. It's a picture of me and him. We have two bottles of wine. It's part of a subscription at KnockingPoint.com if you want to check it out. They're pretty cool little collector's items. Your blood, sweat, and tears are in that <laughs> bottle, right? We tasted a lot made a lot of tastings, and I'm not a big wine drinker, and we did a lot of tastings together, Tom and I. Uh, got a little tipsy a few times together. We uh, picked out the label together. We came up with the name, all that stuff. So it was really cool, and it's uh, it's an original. And uh, go to KnockingPoint.com. Stephen Amell produced it with us from Arrow, and uh, thank you, Stephen, for uh, helping us out with this. We, we, you know, It's pretty cool to have your own wine. I, I like it. It's neat. You know who our guest is today? It's Felicia Day. That's true. Felicia Day, you might have seen her on. She's been in lots of stuff. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Supernatural, Bring It On Again, um, Dr. Horrible Sing Along blog, which was a huge thing. She's got a show called The Guild. Yep, she's got a show called The Guild. She's, you know, what I like about her, she's so honest and open. She, she, she gets a little annoyed with me for a second, which I think, which we talk about. Uh, you'll, you'll listen to it. Um, I, I might have I mean, asked that's, the, yeah, you don't even have to say that. I think course. most I mean, people... Well, I think sometimes I, I might ask the wrong thing. I don't mean to, but you know, I didn't know that something, you know, something was sensitive. But she's very open. She talks about, uh, you know, having um, what was it, crippling uh, anxiety, crippling anxiety, which was uh, I think we could relate to. Do you ever get anxiety, Rob? Uh, here and there, it's getting better. Is it getting better? Because you're working better. a lot more now. I notice. Yeah. Inside of you is brought to you by Sleep Number, Rob. I just had neck surgery. You, I feel like you're always having surgeries. Well, I've had a lot because I played a lot of sports growing up, and uh, it was, a lot of it I, I regret, but I had a lot of fun. But now I'm 46, and I just had neck surgery, so... You're really paying for it. Well, you know, here's the thing. I'm you're always just... getting massage chairs. I'm always getting things for my back, for my neck, and I got to tell you, the best thing I've ever gotten was uh, a sleep number bed, and I'm going to tell you why. Well, you spend a lot of time in bed after these surgeries, don't you? Well, I like to take naps. I'm at the age where I nap. Do you mm-hmm. nap? Uh, no, I do not nap. Why are you laughing? Are you, napping? are you laughing at how I say nap? No, just that you're at the age where you nap. It sounds like you think you're 70 years old. Well, you know, well, I am. I feel like it. My body does. And that's why rest is so important for me. But like the sleep number bed for me, this, they got this new bed that I got. It's just, it, I mean, it's it's pretty incredible because my sleep number setting was like a 60 or mm-hmm. even sometimes a 35 if I want to sleep on a cloud. But now with the neck surgery, I need it at 100. I need a stiffy. I need a nice, comfortable, level bed that's just going to support my neck injury. And, it, and I'll tell you what, it's been helping. Last night, I had a great night's sleep. Uh, you know, I think it's it's pretty fantastic. The new uh, Sleep Number 360, they're really smart. They sense your every move and automatically adjust to you in the middle of the night, keeping you comfy. You know what I'm talking about? Yep, and they were ranked highest in customer satisfaction with mattresses by J.D. Power and Associates. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm telling you, if it's one thing I preach, it's this bet. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's saving me. Come in during the January savings event and save up to $500 on a select Sleep Number 360 smart bed. Sleep Number is the official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL. You'll only find Sleep Number at one of their 575 Sleep Number stores nationwide. Visit sleepnumber.com slash inside to find the one nearest you. That's sleepnumber.com slash inside. Let's get inside of Felicia Day. It's my point of view. You're 
listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. That's really cool. Where'd you yeah, get that? Inside of You sign. That's really We don't great. turn it on. I think when they made it, it was only $1,400 and, they, uh, and the light's too bright. Who made bright. it? Oh, my god! Oh, gosh. it's way too bright. See, why do they do that? I can't even use it because it blinds people. It's really nice, though. Who made that? <laughs> Rob found a guy. I, guy. I was like, this is awesome. Can't use it. Too bright. Can't you turn the neon down? What's that? Can't you turn no, the you neon down? No, you can't turn down? the neon down. It was fun when we recorded upstairs. Boring. Boring talk about the neon sign. No, I'm kidding. I'm Jesus. Kidding. People are going to eat anything you say up. Is that true? Yeah. Do you listen to the podcast? I've listened to one episode. That's episode. why I did it. I forget who it was. Was it um... Zach Levi? Maybe. Yes, or... that was it. Zach. It was yeah, Zach. Yeah. Of course. Because I was cried. Like, oh, Are you going to cry on this podcast? No, I didn't listen to that much of it. Really? Well, you should have because it talks about real stuff. <laughs> you don't like real stuff? That's you, fine. You, you seem like the kind of person. By the way, thank you, Felicia Day, for allowing me to be inside of you today. Are we recording already? Oh yeah. Oh great. Okay. <laughs> That was a better. If I'm gonna be on cam, or you, you camera, camera, s- quote unquote, or oh, it's audio not camera, camera. It's I mean we're audio. audio. I just want to make sure I get a good puke in there. What's that making? Can you really do a? I'm sure with all the voice work you've done, you could actually do a real sound of throwing up. No, but I we're mean, gonna make our guests, our listeners, uh, barf if we do that. Yeah, they you would. I had to pretend to barf on a show one time, and then I didn't. By the end, you do you something. Barfed. You just almost throw up. Yeah. Yeah. I really try to, like, there's times where I'm trying to cough up water or doing something in a scene, and it always just, just like, makes Whoa. me, I have a strong gag reflex. You do? It's good to know about you. Well, it means that I, is that, wait, when I say I have a strong gag reflex, it means You I, suck a lot of dick. No, no. No, it, it just means that if you were to suck a dick, you might throw up. If oh, me, so in other words, strong gag reflex means the opposite. It means, like, if I put a, are you putting, talking about dicks? No. I'm just going off Rob. Are we already who getting is into my dicks? best friend. I'm just saying that if you put anything, a, a, a velastic baby pickle in my throat, I'm gagging. That's is, a strong that, gag reflex, right? Is that your right? Saturday night? It yeah. It sounds like you want to see a weak gag reflex. But a it's... weak gag freak. Uh, you are weak in that you have a strong gag reflex, in that you will gag on anything. Thank you, Rob, who misinterpreted right, it. Sorry. God, always looking for a jab. This is Rob, my producer. He's 29, has a kid. He's married. 30. You're 30 now? 30 now. Did you give him Today? a birthday party? He did not. I wasn't he didn't in even town. come to my birthday. I wasn't in town. Did you give him a birthday present? I think I always give you presents. No, you didn't. Yeah, I do. What did you give me? Wow. I'm sorry. What did you get me, Rob? I always get you shit. Am I, am I breaking you up, guys, up now? Yeah. I just um, walk in and I break this relationship up. Well, let's go start a podcast. I have one in my office I do, and it's really Rob, it's probably lo-fi. Better. And- yeah, you have a podcast, right? I, just, I started one earlier this year, but I promise. Oh, yeah. I listened to one. I can't remember who I listened to, though. Nobody's on it. Every week I promise I'm going to do an interview. and I did not get my crap together to get an interview. Uh-huh. And I all I do is complain about being tired. <laughs> you know time. what? Felicia Day, I'm just going to say I, I looked you up. I kind of know who you are. But it's like you do so much shit. Like you do not shit, like bad stuff. You do so much that it overwhelms me. No, I know. It's, it overwhelms me well, why, too. Why do you like you're not only an actress, you're not only a producer and a YouTuber and a gamer and a voice actress and a, 
I mean, you play the violin. You could have gone to Juilliard. I mean, it's just, it's just too much. It overwhelms me. Too much. You're too talented. No. And I, I think, you know, this is usually, it becomes a therapy session. If you don't know her, look up her work. She's pretty dynamic. She's hilarious. She's. I've, I've seen some of your videos where you interview yourself about your new book. That was pretty good. That was a good video. That was pretty good where you're playing the host, interviewing yourself. That was good. That was really that good. That was one of my favorite videos of that, whatever that was. Yeah, and I think you're, you're really talented, and I just think Thank you're- you. Wearing yourself too thin. I think people have told me that for decades, even though I haven't been doing this for decades. Over, I've been doing this for a little bit over a decade, and everyone's concerned for my health, including me. And now I have a baby, and it's it's believe me, it's this baby is causing everything to crumble. I will never be an overachiever again. I promise you. Really? I'm just gonna barely make it through life. You're doing what my mother never did. You're making the child the center of attention. Ooh. Yeah. Is this like a thing that you have? Uh, well, I was never the center of attention. My mother had kids. And when you get married and you have children, they must, in order for their developmental, uh, what's the word, um, healthiness, mm-hmm. they need to be the focus. They need to- uh, Of the know, mother and the father. And the father. And I felt like my mother just had arrested development. She has arrested development. So she mm-hmm. couldn't, she didn't want to grow up. She still wanted to be the center of attention. And here we are trying to grow up with a mother who just wasn't giving us that attention. What but about your dad? I love her. Uh, my father was always working. He was uh, insanely- but driven. that's a choice too. But he never was late to work, never late to anything, which rubs off on me. Like I'm always early to everything, which pisses me off because you're probably late to things. I'm never late to anything. Are you never late to I'm anything? always 10 minutes early. I was only two minutes late here because somebody was in front of me. You were only me. two minutes late? Yeah, I was two minutes late. I didn't even know you were late. I was two minutes late and I will always remember that. <laughs> um, can we talk about how you cut your dad slack because he... He nope. made the choice. This is not a woman work. man thing. No, 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 I think it's interesting because psychologically, I, do, I think we do. You know, mom did all these things and didn't make time for me, but then dad worked all the time. Well, that's a choice as well you to work all the you time. You don't let me get into dad. Dad yeah. and I have not had a healthy relationship almost our, my entire life, except he just turned over a new leaf. My grandfather has Alzheimer's. Oh, no. And I I'm think sorry. he's starting to. I wrote him a letter. And uh, for the first time, I feel like he's making a real effort, like a real That's effort since, since it's been many years. And and uh, it's nice to see it's better than the old him. And uh, and your mom does not do that. She would never be well, like, they're divorced. I'm culpable. Well, well but, but separately. I think they're both... I, I look. It's, it's that's just another beast. We're gonna get into you. What about your family? <laughs> what about your folks? Where you you probably had incredibly supportive folks. No, I mean I have a very dysfunctional childhood, and in a I was homeschooled, but it was kind of like sequestered in isolation. My dad worked. I never saw him because he was um, a medical student. They had me when they were like twenty, and so they were just kids. I where mean, are you I can't from? Even, Alabama, Huntsville. Huntsville. I played hockey there once. You did. Yeah, yeah. Long time. Um, so yeah, uh, it was it was they were young and they were struggling. We never had any money. I had everything from Goodwill, and all our money went to us doing lessons. And we were homeschooled because we did we were not in the places that had any good schools, and we couldn't afford the private school. And my mom was very, you know, she was very well intentioned, but she's very much a free spirit and didn't really apply herself to schooling us. So we kind of just didn't do anything. But I kind of think that's okay. We were kind of unschooled. Were you just running around with no shirts on and just free and naked no, Woodstock No, I mean, thing? I would pay the bills. I would cook. How I would old do... were you when you were paying the bills? Like eight. Eight years old, you're signing checks. Yeah, I was. I'm not kidding. <laughs> so I was kind of, kind of So you grew up really one. fast. I did. Well, I was the responsible one, you know, but not socially. I was always socially but, awkward. But they did not take care of you? 
I she mean, took care of me. It's just I was kind of the mom more a little bit because she's very young. Like a psychic once told me that, oh, you're the old spirit and your mother's the, the child. Yeah. And that makes sense. But, you know, she she did her best and all our money went to lessons. So I have this weird kind of like I have all these random skills because I didn't do anything. I didn't go to school. So I just took lessons and I did community theater and I just studied piano? violin. I never did piano because my brother did piano. I always wanted to do piano, but... I did violin and I did dancing. And do you I did. still play violin? Rarely. Now that I have a baby, I kind of play ukulele for her, and I want to play violin for her too because I like I'd like her to learn how to play piano because I think it's more useful. It's it's way better at parties to have piano skills. Yeah, than, yeah, yeah. Or you can't guitar. break out your violin. There's nobody's like, hey, great, she's getting her violin out. I kind of wince when a man gets a guitar out at a party. I'm like, please don't. Uh, but at least. You know, there is a skill level there that people will enjoy. Rob, can you hand my guitar, please? Are you going to start strumming? Get me the, uh, get me the Gibson. <laughs> That's Michael's move. Get me the Gibson, please. Is it? Yeah, no Half the time, I just think no. it's like a no. reflexive thing that a 20-year-old does to get laid. No, no. See, here's the reality. But you, um, you really want to share your art. No, no. I don't do that at parties. I don't grab a guitar. Now, if everybody else is playing, then I'll maybe join in every once in a while. Yeah, I'm of not, course. I'm not great, but I don't just go, hey, guys. Um... But I love music. I just yeah. cannot stop getting. There's always a song in my. When did head. you learn how to play? I really still have it. I mean, look, I I I play upside down and backwards, which means if you're playing, are you left-handed? You know, my my friend was playing guitar in college. My best friend of 33 years, Tom Lally. I love you, Tom. Um, and he brought a guitar home, and he's like, "Almost heaven, West Virginia." Blue Ridge Mountain, oh. shit. You know, John Denver. Beautiful. And I was like, "Oh, cool. Let me play that." He goes, "Well, you can't." You're holding it wrong. You're upside down. I go, I know, but like, what's a G? So I flip it over. He'd show me a G. I'd flip it back to the way I'm comfortable with it. I'd play upside down and backwards. And wow. that's just how I learned, which was not the right way. But there's no right or wrong. I there guess is not. To do. But it's it's hard learning chords and things and following. So I always used to just like by ear and like learn on my own. And uh, so like a year and a half ago, we sort of got a band together that's and cool. write, writing music and playing. And I so gotta I, come I see it. you. Well, yeah. I mean, sometime. Yeah, you we have sing an album. And you yeah, s- I'm not a great singer. You're like you're probably like a great singer right i mean i do opera which is again not a useful skill if you could sing opera you're a good singer i could sing but not cool i'm not cool i just went to a hip-hop class one time i was an embarrassment can you can you sing me any opera right now ave maria something in latin anyway yes fuck i can do that which is not Useful. Nobody wants that. La donna immobile, vanchanto. You know, I. But that's really like you didn't even warm up. You didn't. You just immediately went into the softest, sweetest, angelic voice. Yeah, but what do you do with that? Nothing. Nobody what do you wants mean it. You don't do it. Sing you know at parties. Nobody. I get. I. I. You know. I'll be Write like. Write music. Me. Excuse me. I would like to sing a little bit of Joan Baez for you. I'm a crazy partier. Who are your uh, favorite uh, singers growing up or sa- favorite musicians? Wow. That's a good question. Pavarotti? No. I loved- um, Is it Pavarotti or Pavarazzi? I love Kathleen Battle. She's a very high coloratura soprano, and she will break the glasses. I really loved uh, uh, Paramore. <laughs> Paramore. Oh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Haley. Haley. Oh yeah, I know that band. That's my favorite. I think she said the best rock. Yeah. Band. The Pretenders. Chrissy Hunt. Oh yeah. What's your favorite Pretender song? I don't know. Don't I don't. Don't get me. I mean, that's wrong. that's some low hanging fruit, but yeah, it's a good song. Whatever, Trevor. 
<laughs> All right, so you're back in Huntsville, Alabama. You're signing checks at eight. Your dad's a workaholic. Do you think it affected you? If you look at your life now, is there sort of this parallel that, look, I was already grown up then, and that's why I'm always busy. That's why I'm in charge of everything. Are you, do you, are you a micromanager? Um, I used to be. I kind of broke myself of that. I'm, I mean, I think – once you have a baby, you're going to understand. I have a baby upstairs, Blanche. You have, you can, it's a nine-week-old dog you that can shits everywhere. I know. You can lock that dog in a, in a room and be like, bye-bye. Yeah, but you can't put a diaper on the effing dog. You can put a diaper on your baby and leave it in a room. That's it's, true. That's not the still, same, it's not the same, though. Um, you, both, you let them both cry in their crate or crib. I don't let her cry. You should. That's why I don't. That's a problem. I know. Say so who's the who's the parent here? Thanks uh, for your parenting advice. This is uh, Michael yeah. Rosemont inside of your parenting yeah, skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'll I, tell you what, what not to do because I saw my parent. Well, I'm just I know what not to do. I know like give your kids love, tell them they love you. Tell I you, do, I do that all the time. Well, she's an infant, so she's not going to really understand. She right, right, she understands. You know, they say before too, there is unconscious memory, so that you're going to remember. Like if somebody burns you all the time, you're going to remember that even if it's before you're two, right? It's this underconscious. Wow. So the same thing with love. I mean, I tell her I love her all the time, and I hug her and I kiss her. I don't, you know, I think my parents could have done. More I don't of remember that. that when I was two years old being I'm loved. I'm sad. Well, oh, no, I remember. Look, we don't need to get in there. But I, my father was like, you know, it's a different upbringing. Like, Do you have sisters people. and brothers. Yeah, my my mo- mom was married before she married my dad. And they had two kids, but abusive husband divorced him. Married then my dad had my brother and I. They lasted twenty seven years. They got divorced. My dad had two more kids with his next wife, which now they just got divorced. My sister's in her fourth marriage. We've talked about this. You and I haven't, but um, that's a lot of it's a um, lot of dysfunction, dysfunction around me. And people go, "Why are you single?" I mean, like when girls go out there. My dad was like, "Should I go out with?" First of all, I don't talk. Do you date girls. women like that? No. Oh my god, like, you only oh, date girls who but, talk like this? But girl, is this your girl voice? But girls are always like, why are you single? You're 46. I'm like, have you met my parents or my family? I have been sort of close. I've been in long relationships, but I I, I have that, you know, I, I think I have maybe abandonment. I want some issues. I want people, I want someone there for me that I go, look, I always throw everything out You want out a mommy. Table. That's what most guys want. No. And that's why when you have. I'm a good dude. Like I'm. No, I'm, no. It's instinctive. You want a girl, a woman to, to, to take care of you and love you unconditionally. Yeah. That's why we're that's actors. It. We that's want it. unconditional love. Yeah. Is your uh, boyfriend an actor? I'm not talking about it in my personal life. Are you not? No, no, I don't. Really? No, not at all. Oh, I like this because now we just got deep. We suddenly just got. What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, don't, you don't really talk about your personal life. No, I don't. At all. That's okay. No. Well, you're talking about your family. I can talk about my mom and dad. I mean, And you your know, brothers and sisters? I have a brother. I, lo- I love him. We weren't close as children, which is weird because we were kind of in isolation together, but we kind of did our own thing. And But when I started doing a web series with him, I was flying him out monthly. And it was actually Ooh. the longest time that we, we did like just a little co-op. Co- it was called Co-op to Do. We played video games together. What? And we grew really close together. So video games really brought us together, and we actually kind of held us together as children, so that's kind of the thing. We aren't playing a video game together right now. That's just a curtain. What me. were you playing growing up? We played- Atari? Well, no. We had an Atari. We played Tank. I mean, we had like old I like school. Tank. Old school. Missile right? Command. I'll, I'll beat your ass in Missile Command. I mean, I, I'm not going to compete with you. But you're good at all those really hard ones that are fast. You have like your multitasking 50 things. Right? I used to be good at those. I've, I've lost my ability. What was your game? My game was more role playing games. I like to do like I like to immerse myself in a different world and just walk around as me. Like, world of uh, World of Warcraft was the big one that I got addicted to, and then out of that, I created a web show, right? Called the Guild. Because, so I turned my addiction for six to six years. Ten. That was on, right? Yeah, six seasons. So, do you have uh, a little cold? 
A little bit. Yeah, I will have a little sinusy thing going on. So if you ever hear a, it's either Felicia or myself. Yeah, you got. Or Rob. Who snotted that? Yeah, who snotted that? But did your, so did your mother, you remember being loved and hugged and I love you so much? No, she was not demonstrative. She was very much like what you achieve is going to be. And I don't think this is, and I think this is a big part of parenting that I'm really, really careful about now is that I don't want my love to be contingent upon her achievement. I don't think it was a deliberate thing, but I think when I was impressive at something, my mom gave me more love Right. so that my whole self-worth was dependent on how I'm doing, what mm. I'm doing. Do you know what I'm saying? That, isn't that something? Absolutely. And I think a lot of actors are, are raised Aren't like I that. good? Aren't yeah. I good? Look did at you me. like what I did? Exactly. Validation exactly. means like success and that is so not true. But when it's embedded in your system mm-hmm. for many, many years, like, oh, I was good in that and I just keep hearing I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. That's and I who need I am. That. Unless, it's like, yeah. Yeah, my therapist said it's like kind of like a, the, the colander effect. You know, like a oh. colander where you put spaghetti in and the water goes right through it. Yeah. It's one of those things that you're great and then it goes right through you're you. Never, yeah, you're, you're never, never really satisfied or fulfilled so that's what i kind of discovered when i was running my memoir that was that was kind of plaguing me and so now i kind of try not to put my self-worth in others hands in that way and it's very hard especially as an actor because you're constantly doing that to get jobs um or as a creator but i feel like at least i'm aware of it so it's a little bit more functional how do you how do you do that how do you fix that how do you um, because i'm sure there's many listeners out there who always wants who always want everyone's approval it's like mm-hmm. oh i did this aren't i great i got a promotion at work aren't i fantastic it's like how but it's how you feel what's important it's important mm-hmm. that your self worth yeah. and that's hard to to sort of understand and achieve it's easier to say i don't care what other people think yeah. and you always do no you do so how do you how do you just have a balance how do you make things better i mean i try to have things in my life that i'm doing not for other people like i'm studying spanish for fun there's Bienvenidos no a los Estados Unidos. wow very good yo tengo grande cabeza see yeah you have a big head too yeah um yeah i'm learning i'm just learning spanish now and i'm not good at it but i'm doing it for myself and there's no like ulterior motive there because i kind of turned every single one of my hobbies into a career which was great for a while and then i'm just like i'm still giving everything everybody everybody else everything so I try to do that. And then also having a baby um, really, I mean, it really did change me profoundly in that I know that I have somebody who will love me unconditionally and I will love her unconditionally. And so when I get rejected by other things, I'm like, well, I got to keep going for her. I can't yeah. get depressed because of other people not liking me because she is there. She needs me. So it's also living somebody. Uh, I was I did a sci-fi movie called Red Werewolf Hunter. <laughs> Many Ooh. years ago. Yeah, it was great. And there was a woman named Roseberry on there. Roseberry? Rosemary. Okay. Roseberry um, would be cool. Roseberry is a good hey, you name. You know Roseberry? Yeah. She's good. It's a that's your new dog's name. Um <laughs> and she said, Well, um, it was such a relief to have children because I didn't have to care about myself the most anymore. And I, I that really stuck with me for years. And then when I finally had a baby, I was like, Oh great. I don't have to put myself first all the time. How old's the baby? She's twenty months. 20 months, so that's yeah. 4, 8, 12, She'll 16, be five. two in a little bit. 20, month, 20 months? Yeah, one and a half. Why do people do that? Because Why do people always go, oh, she's 38 well, after weeks? Two, after you two, go to you go to years. Why? Why not just go, uh, she's a year and a half? For like doctor's visits and stuff. And yeah, then... but also because they change every month. There's such a difference between month 16 and month 20. There is. I, bl- believe me, I thought it was stupid at first. Oh, too. you did too. You oh, agreed yeah. with me. You're like, oh, the worst is pregnancy where they're like, you got an apple in you. You got a banana. You got a big old pineapple. I'm like, I hate this analogy. Just tell me how long the thing is. Well, and it starts at conception too, the actual nine months. So exactly. So you're really you're 10 months like pregnant. A, yeah, yeah. 
It's yeah. awful. I'm 600 months today. <laughs> I just want everybody to know that. Oh, happy birthday. Is it, what would that be? What would 12 times 46 be? 12 times 46 is... 46 times... 552 two. months. Oh, I wasn't oh. far off. I said 600 no. months. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah, not bad. You're savant. I just had to ignore you guys and think for a second. That was so good, though. You could, yeah, You're well, very thanks. quick. Thanks. I don't know if I'm, I'm that quick. You know, they say wit's a, a part of intellect. Anyway, I want to I want to find you the right mate. To settle no, you, you said into mate. Yourself. You looked at me like it could be a guy or a girl. You don't it know could. what I'm into. I mean, I'm not, I wanted to be open. I wanted to be open for you. Well, I'm glad you're open, especially with this day and age. I do like women. I've Great. never been with a man. I I don't. I, I think I'm. Uh, you're not counting it out, though. No, I'm counting it out. Oh, okay. Um, however, but I you have, have bromance. You got bromance. I have a lot of gay friends, and I have a lot of. There's a lot of men that I look at, and I go, I can't stop staring at. Him. I'm like, fuck, Chris Hemsworth. There you go. I'm like, God, you. I touched you, him. He's I'm, very. I, I've touched him. Well, I mean, you know, I we shook hands and hugged. I touched his bicep at a party. I was oh my a god, drunk. he is not only beautiful and yeah. a good actor and handsome, but he's a sweetheart. Very You're just kind. Like, oh my god. Just I, but you kindness. hope he does something wrong. You hope that one. No. Day, just something. His poops are you even can't pretty. Be, yeah, it's like yeah, his poops are like little perfect bananas, mm-hmm. ripe bananas. Yeah. And they smell like bananas. That's gross, actually. I don't want a banana poop. What would you want your poop to smell like? I would love uh, juicy, fruit. juicy fruit. Ooh. Juicy fruit. Juicy fruit. Juicy it's fruit. It's gonna move you. Felicia Day's poop on to you. Wow, we got in the poop. Um, I like poop. All roads with Felicia lead to poop. Dude, I like that. You're a woman who, you know, you don't like to talk about your personal life, but you will talk about poop. And I dig that. You know what? Everybody poops. That's yeah. universal. Um, yeah. Rob? Yeah, everyone poops. Is that an R.E.M. song? Or is it Everybody a... poops. See, so you're with me on that one. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Inside of You is brought to you by Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. And look, hair thinning impacts a lot of us, myself included. In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, it's normal. Join over 1 million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol helps support hair growth from within by targeting possible key root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and even metabolism. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little more of your scalp as menopause impacted your hormones and your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many possible root causes at play, and Nutrafol helps address them through a multi-targeted whole body approach. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In Nutrafol's own clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In Nutrafol's own clinical study, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplements for six months. Take their hair wellness quiz at Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific possible root causes. With Nutrafol, getting help building a hair growth routine is simple. 
Purchase online, no prescription or doctor's visits required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day. You could see results in three to six months. Take the first step to help you see visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code INSIDE. Find out why 4,500 professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L, .com, promo code INSIDE. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code INSIDE. Inside of You is brought to you by Shopify. You know I use Shopify. You guys go on the, you know, Inside of You online store and you see how easy it is to navigate for you. It's so amazing. Shopify, I can't think of anyone else that would do this uh, the right way like Shopify does. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. It's so easy to navigate. And when you want to add discounts, like for instance, I just had a discount where I put uh, Michael 15, and that was my discount code. How much of a percent? 15% off the total order. Easy. Adding products. It's so easy. You put a picture. You just upload a picture. You put a description. It, it, it does everything for you. And the analytics are so easy to use. Uh, this is the most selling product. Oh, I should get more of those. This is the least selling product. This is how much I made for this month compared to last year or last month. It's so easy to navigate. I feel like a pro and Shopify has really helped me do that. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash inside, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash inside now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash inside. So your parents didn't really give that thing your baby now. That's the unconditional love. You're trying to get out of that. But whole, my dad, I need approval. Thing. I know he's working all the no, time. No, no, no. He well, he was in school. He was trained to be a doctor, so he was away a lot. But now he's all over this. He's he's coming Good over. Granddad. Yes, it's like some for six years he didn't come visit. Suddenly he's here eight times. Has he ever looked in you in the eye and just said, Felicia? Yeah. I just want to tell you how proud I am of you. Sweetheart. Yes, he has. How? When was that? That was. Probably five in the last ten years. Really? So, so as an it, adult. See, I'm telling you, this is what the fucked up thing do is. We need do to do this now. to children. We need to do it. Do you, Rob didn't hear this stuff, did you, Rob? Did you hear that? Probably but I think not. it was a parenting thing. It was I a don't generational care. thing. Generational thing. Get off your high I don't horse. I think generation. it would have meant the same thing though to a twelve year old. Well, my dad. Look, I think it would. You, you, yes, it does. I think if, unconditional love is something that we all need in our lives. If my dad, when I said, hey, dad, I scored three goals in that hockey game. Yeah. Instead of saying it was a weak goalie, he could have just said. He said he was a weak goalie? Yeah. He could have oh. said, hey, 
Good job, son. But I bet his dad never told him he loved him either. No, he right? Didn't. So, but I'm learning. And from it's that. this gender but, role. It's but, gender but, but role. You learn. Like his dad didn't do it, so he should learn from it. But I think he's finally learning that. But was there an atmosphere back then to learn? I'm not saying that they. Maybe not. There was not a cultural uh, acceptability of men expressing feelings like that. I felt that you know for many years. I I feel like I'm the uh, the one person in my family in a, in a family that wasn't that affectionate, except for mm-hmm. my mom. She's like. Uh, you know that movie, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane? Yeah. She's like the crazy one. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's all over the place. She'll hug everybody and do everything. And I hug people, and I get. I think I get some of that from her. But I was the one who, my grandfather was very, my dad's dad, he was always really, you know, he was, he's funny and nice, but he, you know, no hugs, no very I love you. puritanical. And I would, yeah. before I left, I'd give him a big hug. He'd go, all right, all right. And I go, Irv, I love you. And he goes, okay, Mike, okay. Oh, and I go, barely uncomfortable. I go, and I go, Irv? I just said, I love you. He's like, all right. I go, your grandson, just come on. Why are we doing this? Why are we? And then I finally got him to go. I go, I want you to say it. I'm not leaving until you say it. And he goes, we love you. Of course. No, I go, I know we, I'm talking about you. And he goes, I love you, Mike. And from that moment on, I kept pushing it and opened the door and he started doing it and everybody started doing it. So if you can sort of just be that person, that martyr, if you will. Yeah. No, I started saying it to my mom on the phone many years ago and now we say it to each other. We never said it as a children, but it really took- initiative. But it was because of the way that she was. I'm sure that she was never raised to say I love you to her relatives. You know what I'm saying? So you could see the, the tendrils of- Tendrils. I like Tendrils. that word. I haven't heard that word in a while. Probably Tent- ever. To tentacles. Yeah. You almost went to Juilliard. I almost did. I got into the pre-program, but we had no money. We couldn't move to New York. We were very poor people from Alabama. Really? So I couldn't go. But it's okay. I got a full scholarship to UT in violin. University of Texas? Yeah. And then well, that I, could have been Tennessee. Um, No, Texas. Austin. Okay. And I went there and I got a um, degree in mathematics and violin and I- Did you pay for your own school? Did I, uh, what? Did you pay for your own school? No, it was all free. All scholarship. All scholarship. I got a violin scholarship the first year, and then I got a uh, merit scholarship after that. So I studied math. And you well. did a lot of theater. I mean, you started theater young. You were in To Kill a Mockingbird when you were a I kid. I was. I was in a lot of theater, and that's why I thought, hey, I'll just go to Hollywood, because that was fun, not knowing anything. So what, how old were you when you went to Hollywood? Um, I would just turn 20. So, you know, I got my degree. And what I, were you going there for? Just to be famous. <laughs> so are you, you just said something that I felt was just off the cuff and honest. Yeah. Because I think a lot of actors are full of shit and they'll say, oh, yeah, I just I want to work. I want to be a working actor. No. I just want to do theatre and I want to do all these things. And I'm like, OK, great. There are some of those. I have a friend, John Glover. There's certain actors who just love doing the theater. Work. I don't. First of all, I don't like working that much. I like to work. But come on, who wants to work too much? <laughs> and they can't stop working. And it makes me think there's something wrong with you when you have to work all the fucking time because you don't want to deal with yourself. And mm-hmm. that's what I felt like. I'm always keeping busy. And in the last year, I forced myself to go, hey, let's let's sit with yourself for a minute. Let's deal, deal with this guy. I don't want to be 80 and not know myself. That's great. So I'm, I'm going to take the next 40 years that's amazing. To, to get to know me. You're like Montana. What? You're like Montana. What's that? That he's an essayist from the 16th century. I'm oh, re- yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm reading a book on him right now. I know of him. I didn't read him. It's I'm just reading a book. I picked it up at Powell's last week about Montaigne. And, and I had read his essays in college, and I kept reading them every five years or whatever because they're so incredible because it really makes history 
transparent. Like you just feel like, oh, I could have lived back then. I could be, we're all the same no matter where we're living. It's just the circumstances are different. Um, And there's a book about him and he basically had a life crisis. He almost died. And after that, he kind of just dropped everything and just decided to be introspective and know himself. You Uh, should read this book. You know, what's funny is I, I didn't almost die, but I got sick. What happened? For a little while. Well, I just got sick. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about it. It's not a big deal. It's done. It's fine. But you're better now. Everything's fine. It happens. It's something that everybody's had in their life. Matthew Perry has been in the hospital for three But it wasn't alcohol or months. drugs or anything. I'm not into that. I don't I'm not I don't have any no addictions. Judgment. There's no judgment here. I'm just being honest. I'm trying to be honest without giving too much, but I was sick for a while for like six months where I was just like I, I what happened? Well, I'll just tell you. So it was pretty much like exhaustion. It was oh, exhausted from overdoing it. That's why in the beginning I kind of told you, like, I was doing too much. I was doing stand-up comedy at all the big nightclubs in front of 500 people with Jesus. Joe Rogan and all these guys. I'd never too done much. it. 50 shows in five That's months. That's really stressful. I was doing, I'm doing live music. I'd never done it before. Freaking myself out. Still acting. Still, I was on a show. All these things kind of combined with the, the podcast and too much. Too much. And I just didn't give myself a rest. And I just, so it made me sort of get an idea like, hey, dude. Like, is, what's what's important here? The only thing important here is you. Yeah. The only thing important here is being healthy. Your health and it the people who love you. It doesn't matter saying, oh, I did this, or oh, I did that, or oh, you know, we went to this. No. It doesn't, none, none of this, it's all superficial. I go to parties and people are like, what are you doing lately? I'm like, well, you know, I have a baby and I've been writing and then they get this glazed look and they're like, I'm not important enough to talk to and then they turn around then and, leave. and I'm like, I don't care anymore. I'm not, I don't need like, hey, my age is doing this, blah, 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 and I'm, I don't I, yeah, need no. that. You start to go, I don't care anymore. So Michael, what are you doing? Yeah. And you get caught up in it. You well, I'm doing this and I just wrote this and I'm like, I don't care. No, I don't need my resume on my sleeve at a yeah. party to make me interesting to you. You're not even interesting to me. Thank you. And by so, the way, you're more interesting to me. I mean, because you're more like, hey, I want to go home and, and chill or, or do something laid back. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't really, I don't go out. But anyway. I don't look, go out either. Anyway, I'm glad you're better and I'm yeah. glad you're prioritizing your life better. Yeah. I think it just comes a time where you got to say, hey, man, what's important? You know, I, you know, it's also the friends you keep. I think everybody has friends out there. Look, if they're bringing you down, you have friends like that who are always sad no matter what. You're like, hey, let's go to a concert. Yeah. It's just like, I can't deal with negativity in my life. Yeah. And we all... We all do that. We all get a little negative, but my time is valuable yeah. or invaluable, really. Yes. So I try to hang out with people that just make me happy. Agree. I, I mean, that life is too short. You got to be supported and you want to be, and you want the people to be there who will pick you up at the airport on, on a dime. Mm, you know what see, I'm saying? I disagree with that. What? Well, let me talk about Who could about you call? That. Who could you call at like 2 a.m.? Those are the people you got to invest in. This guy? No way. Rob would never put me up from the airport. Would you pick up? You pick, pick you up from the airport. No, you, you would. If you had an emergency, you would have you an pick? Emergency. A, wait, do you have an emergency contact on like your pet form? Who would be your emergency contact? My brother or my assistant Jessica, who's like family. Okay, um, there you th- go. Those guys, my friend Tom and Dean. I have great people. I always surround myself with great people. But that's what I'm saying. You the, yes, physically yes. cannot. You can only have five best friends. You can have 25 acquaintances, and you can have 125 people you know, and that's it. Who's made up this rule? That was it was it's a scientific study. Look it up, Rob. You can only have a hang on. You can have five, five people you intimate love. Intimate people in relationships yes. besides your family. I I don't know. If I didn't include, read, yeah, I would say five besides your family. Okay, five and then twenty five acquaintances. Acquaintances. And then hundred and fifty hundred twenty five people you know. Yeah, exactly. But then other than that, your brain really can't comprehend. You can't care about that many more people. You can't invest in that many relationships. And you do, it's at once. dangerous. It's well, you just well, spread unhealthy. You're too thin. You're I think that's what I was doing for a long time. I always want to make people happy. I think yeah. that's what I was always yeah, doing. Yeah, that's so thing. now I. It's a you symptom know. of your relationship with your mother. Wow, we just went there. 
We just went through. It is. I think so. I think it is a symptom. Um, but I, I look. I'm improving. You're always working on yourself. So I love you went, the fact that you're so. Aware. Are you working with therapists? Or? Yeah, I have. A, I, I go to a, a therapist, and uh, yeah, we talk about all this stuff. And I talk about like you know how to just think more positively, how to be more patient, how to you know before you go to bed at night instead of going, oh my god, I got this tomorrow, I got this. Mm-hmm. It just puts you in a bad place before you go to bed. Yeah. So why not think about the good shit in your life or the good things you did today or picture someone that makes you happy in your in your head until you fall asleep and then you wake up in a better mood yeah things like that little things that taking an hour a day to go all right what what what's bothering me yeah you know take that hour but not doing the whole day of overthinking things no it's true i I got so incredibly tired this last because i did two conventions two tv shows back to back not one day off then we got all all got colds but uh i did really good work even though my face probably looked terrible, I was like, uh, that all that neurosis, I was too tired to be neurotic. I just was like, let's just show up and do the work and feel what I need to feel. And it was actually really liberating because wow. I feel like there was something in the way This sort of like uh, meta brain is always on kind of like looking and planning and looking for the – and if you're in the present, it's, I guess it's mindfulness, right? Yeah. If you're always in the future or in the past, you're never going to be in the well, present. you're pissing on the present. Exactly. You got, one, you know, if you stand up, my, I always say my therapist goes, you got one foot in the past, the left foot, the right foot in the future, mm-hmm. and he points to his dick and goes, and you're pissing on the present. He doesn't point to his dick. That's pretty great. Points to the ground, but it's yeah, kind of a cool exactly. It's kind of a that's cool That's a cool one. That's yeah. a very... You're pissing on the present. present He's not my therapist. That's anymore. a really good... Pre- that's a pretty good therapist. So anyway, What's Michael, going on? your mother's a nut. You're going to be a nut. <laughs> The apple didn't fall far from wow. the tree, Michael. Did you find the article? I did. It was. I closed it because I thought we were. Why did you close it? Oh we had God. moved on. Rob, you had one task. What are you doing over there with your the limits? The limits of friendship Counting. in the New Yorker. Is yeah. it Robin Dunbar? Um, I mean, probably. University of Oxford anthropologist. Yes. Okay. Great. That was the study that came out. Yep. Five people, right? Oh, I believe you. Okay. I believe you, but I like the facts. Because if you're like a hundred people off on the no thing and you're like 10 people off on the love, I, I'm might, not, I'm I not. might weed some people out that I don't need to. All of a sudden, a year later, I'm like, Felicia was wrong. I could have kept, kept those 10 people in I'm my saying life. I have like five people in my, you know, my who iPhone favorites. I, I'm not going to list the people who are in my favorites. Well, but you, okay. I do have like five friends and then I have f- uh, four family members. And then I have my agent and my manager just because I'm like, I don't want to have to dig through this to get to those people. They're not my favorites, but. Do you think you ever want to get married? Is that personal again? I don't. I mean, I don't really believe in the institution of marriage. So I but mean, that's you, pretty natu- neutral. No, only for tax purposes. Really? Yeah. Are you a loyal person? Yeah. Do you believe in like sticking with one person? I think, lo- no. I mean, you should be where you are until you're happy. What if you're really happy and you want to be happier for a night? Happier for a night. Oh, you just want to skip? <laughs> well, if you have an agreement about that, it's fine. Have you ever had an agreement? No. You wouldn't deal with that shit. Well, I'm not gonna. You're talk. not going and looking for guys that are just looking for many d- girls. I don't think guys, girls do that, do they? As much girls? I don't know. Do they? I don't know. I don't either. It's just kind of random. I don't want to. I don't want to generalize a whole gender based on their you, sexual you, activity. Did you, you, made, did you figure it yeah, out? Yeah, I got these numbers. Okay, all can right. you get the numbers? Was she wrong? right? First of all, was she right? Um, I'm going to read this. All right. So 150 is the number of people we call casual friends. Okay, that's 25 you were off. It that could have fucked up a that's couple a friends of mine. Um, the next step down is there's 50 number of people you call close friends. All right, 50. See, we got even more. We got more Wait wiggle room here. Then See? there's a circle of 15 that 15? you can turn to for Felicia, sympathy. You fuck. 
And then the most intimate number is five. Thank You're you. You're close okay, to Okay, you got one fucking number. But this is even better. We cla- we have another classification. It's we the- have intimate 15. That's good. You could still be, wait, 15. You but could that inti- probably includes family, doesn't it? That's got to include family. I mean, who yeah, makes say this shit up? This because honestly, I have family who are not even in the 150. How so. about hang out with people you love, whether it's four to eight? But uh, this is the capacity of the brain. This is basically a this tribe. This might be the capacity of your brain. A tribe is 150 people. We should only be living in 150 people. Is that what a tribe is? I don't know. I just people? made it up. Is a tribe 150 people? Felicia is throwing these Juilliard <laughs> quotes <laughs> that she doesn't even know. Modern is 148.4. You're pretty close. Modern hunter gatherer society. Okay, great. See, that's but that is a reflective of that study, right? Did you ever do twenty three and Me? I did. What are you? I have a lot of Neanderthal. I could see that. No, that's not true. <laughs> I'm a lot of Ashkenazi. It's just Jew. the red, the me. red hair. I don't even know. I love the red hair, by the way. Thank it's perfect. you. And it's your real hair, right? It is. It's a little bit red. I make it poppier. Were you one of those redheads who were like? By the way, in Australia, they call them rangers. I'm I'm more of a like a auburn hair. My bre- hair was brown with a lot of red in it, and then I make it redder. So I wasn't like a ginger when I was. But did up. you hate like? Oh my god, I have red hair. Did you hate like that feeling? That no. Did you, did you feel that pressure of being like you know? No, I didn't. I wasn't exposed to anybody judging me for. Yeah, red who would judge you? But I don't know what it is. I don't even think I even liked. Uh, I didn't care. It's not that I didn't like them, but I think that when I when I got older, I just started liking different things. Like I was like, well, I really love red hair. It's beautiful. I just started seeing so the beautiful kid, and everything. Did you like bully people because they had red hair? I never bullied people. I might have bullied one guy. Who? But then he bullied. Then I got bullied. Here's what the thing. I grew very early, in, but then I stopped growing until after high school. So I was the shortest kid in my high school, and I was uh, picked on and bullied. But early on, when I was like in fifth grade, I didn't bully someone, but there's this one. I mean, you can be honest about it if you I bully was, somebody. Well, I, okay. I went over his house, and I knocked on his door and told his mom to get his ass outside so I could beat him up. And uh, he was but, bigger than me. He, why? Because he called me a little shit. And then I, I, so I guess that's not bullying. That's not bullying. That's kind of like. Yeah, but I was like the little guy who's like going, I'm going to kick your fucking ass, buddy. So you kind of were a little you. shit. I was a little shit. Did you beat him up? What does mom I got do? I scraps when I was young. But then after sixth grade, I, I didn't grow. And I became like that little kid that was now picked on. Mm. Did you harass other people because of, of who they were or what punch, they look like? That's, that, I face. think that's my definition of bullying. Um, no, no. Well, you know, I think everyone goes through. Look, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say I'm a perfect kid. But there's certainly, you know, you're in high school or whatever. And you're like, oh, my God, look at that guy's shoes. <laughs> oh, my God. What is that guy? Did that guy? What, what's that lump of coal? Isn't that interesting his... how our instinct as children is to shame other people who are different? I'm telling you, it's what like I about? was always a pretty good kid because my parents wouldn't tolerate it. They wouldn't tolerate racism. They wouldn't tolerate, you know, a lot of that bullshit. But um, did I ever say, oh, my God, like sort of make, you know, judge someone? F- of course. You've judged people. Of course. You probably judged the whole Emmy night last night. I, you know what? I didn't, I don't like watching the ceremonies because they I do. Either. I don't, it does I don't enjoy it. And, and then I start comparing myself to people. But I do look at all the pretty dresses because I'm an asshole like that. Really? And M- Michelle Dockery had the most beautiful dress I've ever seen. She was the one from Downton Abbey. Abby. She had the most that. beautiful dress on I've ever seen in my life. And she looked so pretty. I was like, you know what? That's really, I, I'm pleased. I saw some beauty tonight. What do you think about accolades and awards and all that stuff? I mean, I feel like they're pretty arbitrary. Do you like getting awards? Do you feel good? It made me feel good. I think it used to make me feel like, oh, wow, I made it. But now if I got awards, I think I would just... I, can't, I think I look more of it a long game, you know? Like, oh, good. I worked really hard. I'm glad. But what's next? Kind of thing. An, didn't you get an award for... Uh, I got a bunch of awards for my web show. Well, I got the, a couple. The horror thing, Dr. Horrible sing-along blog. That's true. We got an Emmy for that. It was yeah. the first online Emmy. I mean, that wasn't mine, but I was part of it. The it was really exciting. The perfect bear? 
The Perfect Bear. Oh, did I get an award for that? Voice Actor Awards and Best Female Vocal Performance and a guest for her role as Pear Butter in the episode. Oh, Pear Butter, yeah. I was. I I was a a pony. I played in My Little Pony. How did you sound? What was your voice like? um, I was a little bit of a southerner, and I sang, You're in my head like a catchy song. I got to sing a song, and then she she's dead. How many video games have you done, voices? I've done probably a dozen. I used to do a lot more. But I yeah, haven't I done any. I used to do a lot. Yeah, I don't, I don't do any more as much. I don't. Know. I just did a Lego one. I don't oh, know that's if I was cool. supposed to say that. Oh. Oh well. Maybe cut it do? out. Um, I'm we'll not cutting it out. We we'll leave shit. It. You know they don't pay me enough to shut up. I know about video it. games do not. Um, you you've done so many voices. You've done. I mean, you had a, you still have a YouTube channel. I do not. You don't, but you did for a while. I did. I had a company that was funded by YouTube, and I did that for two years with YouTube, and then I sold the company to Legendary, and then Legendary I was with bought them. it. Is that yes. was that a pretty lucrative deal? Um, are you rich? I'm not. I always like to ask these questions because I know people at home are going, what do actors make? What do they make? What is this? And I feel like I'm that guy. I just want to know. There are some people who sold companies and they don't have to work anymore. That is not me. So you, but, you, you know, right. I, I put my company in a place where I thought it was safe and that I could continue it. And I was there for several years. And then I realized that I um, could not be... I could not do everything. I, I kind of got to the point where you may, may have that, especially when I had the baby. I was like, something's got to give. And I derive my most, um, the most pleasure and satisfaction from the things I create. And so I was like, well, I can create and be a mom or I can have a company and be a mom. I cannot do all three. I have to be a mom because I gave birth. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I want to. And so I had to let it go. And it was really hard to leave. But I know that it was the best thing for me. As a person, I miss it sometimes. I definitely miss making all the videos and coming up with new show ideas and being able to invite people like you on to play games that people might not know about. But I uh, I definitely have been more productive creatively since I left. And that's made me a lot happier and just less stressed all the time. I had like 30 employees at one point and it was just too much. Why do you think you have such a following? Why do people – I know this is a tough question, but why do people like you? What I, attracts them to you and what – because you have a big following and you have um, – you do so many things. But what is it do you think that your gift is that you're able to convey? You can do it yourself. I think as I think people are attracted because I made everything myself. I kind of made my reputation because I started shooting things in my garage with my friend and it made it attainable. Success um, – you don't have to have the gatekeepers in the way of your success or satisfaction. I think that's more so – because success is in other people's hands. That's also putting yourself in other people's um, hands as far as your happiness goes. I think you have the capability to make things and derive satisfaction from them. And I hope that that's what I, – I try to convey that a lot in what I do. And I'll add to that. Yeah. I think that you <clears throat> you look like you're having fun. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's work, but it's also like people look like she's not only doing it herself, but she's having fun. Yeah, I do what I love. I do. And it's a, definitely the harder way to go. And I don't, you know, think that I don't know. It's certainly I, I have I had a very unusual upbringing and I tried to fit myself in the Hollywood world for a very long time. And I was not capable of s- the success that I wanted. And what, that do you still want a certain success? Do you still like do you still want to be like a major motion picture star? I don't man i was just thinking about that the last couple of days i'm like i'm not sure exactly what i want anymore like i've achieved a lot i don't know if i'd be super happy if i was on like a series every day i don't know if i'd be super happy running my own show i don't know i i think i need i was actually thinking of hiring a career coach i'm not kidding 
because I really feel like I need guidance. The, guidance. I think about, I need guidance. I'll I don't let think, you know. I don't think Rob does. Rob, you're fine. You know exactly what you want to do with your Rob's life. Rob's a don't go getter. You? He's young. He works hard. Uh, we, you know, we've turned this podcast into some uh, success story, and we're, we're just moving up. That's and, great. And he's been great. And uh, you know, it's like nice to see that he knows. And I think we like. I thought I knew what I wanted. I think things just change. Like I, I go, I want to be an actor. I want to be an actor. Wait a minute. I want to write. I want to write. I want to direct. You know, I want to. I want to do stand. Yeah. And then it became like, oh my god, there's all this stuff because I think I have a short attention span and I get yeah. bored pretty easily. Yeah. We well, gotta I, try it. You know, unless. You try, try something you don't know if you're gonna like it exactly you got to try it what if you never tried it and you're like oh my god i wish i'd been doing that because you want to find the thing that's work but it doesn't feel like work as much yeah you want to find the thing that you enjoy working on like what is the day-to-day that you want to spend um and that's i think i still don't know i think that's sound advice though that's that's what has purpose what gives you purpose? What do you wake up going, this is what I want. I'm drawn to this. Even yeah. if I do all these other things, what's the one thing I'm really drawn to? Yeah. And when you lived your whole life, like living externally, like, oh my God, it's other people's validation that motivates me. When you get rid of that, you're like, what is left? I think, you know, you and I have the same. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's, it's very common, common with actors because basically actors get into it to be somebody else to make other people happy. Sometimes I felt like I was being someone else to make me happy. Well, there you go. It's but, kind of but, sad, but uh, so, yeah. sometimes I felt like, you know, oh, I'm accepted when I do that. They like me. I'm good. But then that's still other now, people. Uh, yeah, but. That's yeah. still other no, people. No, you're right. You're right. Do you have a narcissistic mother? Oh, my God. Have you read? There's a great book called Trapped in the Mirror about children raised with narcissistic parents, which um, would be very valuable for you, I well, think. Will you email me that? Yeah, well. Kayla at KayLorraine326 says. Are we doing questions now? Yeah. Great. This is the, the Twitter people out there, the fans. They, they're just, they're amazing and they always have good questions. So let's hope this one's good. Uh, <laughs> this one's a little boring, Kayla, but oh, thank you for it. Sorry, Kayla. Favorite moments from set, current shows and overall. Just one moment that sticks out like you're like, oh my God. Well, well you know, I recently returned to Supernatural, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, last year. And, you know, the moment that I stepped back on set, I really started crying because I was so happy to be there. And it was amazing because after so many years, I was gone for two two seasons, two and a half seasons. How many did you do? I did four. I was on just only three, two or three to four times a season, but I was on for four so seasons. That's huge. I know. I, I but I had such a great character, and then I got killed off in season ten, and I came back in season thirteen, and like the crew was almost all the same, and everybody was there, and Jensen gave me this big hug, and I did. I started crying a little bit because it really felt like home. I was home. Yeah, it was that's a beautiful. Sweet. Um, kind of atmosphere on that set. How many supernatural pictures do you sign when you go to conventions? Probably about half of the of the of the pictures so are supernatural. Hundreds, hundreds of pictures. But she's a really char- you know I think that character that that show doesn't have as many female characters to for people to look up to. And Charlie, I think, was one of the longest running ones. And she also had sort of that that fan spirit. She was kind of a fangirl in a sense, but that she became a hunter. So she was like sort of a proxy for the audience and. You know, she's just really authentic. She was a lesbian, and uh, I think she really represented something that the fans really liked. So I'm—I mean, I'm—I'm I'm really happy to be her and continue to be her. Hopefully, how did they kill her off and bring her back? Um, it's supernatural. It's easy. They, that's yeah. what they so, did. No, no, no. I died in a bathtub. So a guy—a guy with one arm murdered me in a bathtub. Oh, great! Way to ruin that for me. I'm on season eight. Are you kidding? You're never going to get there, dude. Geek eclectic at the geek eclectic. Yeah. So Doctor Horrible Sing Along Blog Two. What's going on with that? I wish I could say something. I mean, I we had our 10th on, anniversary this eclectic. summer. Um, I did a panel at Hall H with Joss and Nathan. 
And can you tell Joss I said what's up? Just say what's up. Yeah, I don't know him, but you don't know him. You don't know Joss? No, I'd that's like, weird. I like to work with him. He's awesome. I mean, he's pretty great. He's doing a British show now, I think. Oh, great! I well, know. Just like uh, forget it. Do me a favor and, and please tell him I said hello. <laughs> will you? Oh, he's a lovely man. Wow. <laughs> Sophie Miller at Sophie. Zookeeper, how did Felicia feel coming into Buffy the Vampire Slayer towards the end? And does she have any great stories from her time in the show? And was Michelle Geller a biatch? Wow. I asked that part. No. Yeah, really? The biatch did. part? Yeah, the biatch part. Do you think she's a biatch? No, I don't know. She's always been nice. To me. I met her once and she was really nice. I was I was friendly with her on set. We weren't really close. Yeah, I mean, she was very busy. Who's close to the Geller? Exactly. Um, and also I was like this new, I was part of this new gaggle of seven girls who comes in. It's like, how do you care about that but she yeah. was very nice everybody uh, on the set was very nice i i came into that show because i auditioned for uh, a different part i auditioned for the guest star who turned into a demon at the end of the first episode Ooh. and then they were like can you go out and read these sides and so i read the sides and it was evidently for an asian character that they couldn't cast they could not find an actor and they literally it worked the next day so you learn the lines I learned the whole monologue and I actually, what? I'm so much better off the cuff than I am if I have time to prepare. Like I should just cold read everything. You can memorize that fast. I didn't memorize, but I, yeah, I memorized pretty well. Like I can memorize fuck really you. fast. I always envy those people. I sit there and talk to like Kristen Bell was on here and love Hewitt and they all fucking can memorize everything in my mind. Maybe I'm just older or maybe it's a muscle. Maybe the more I do it, the easier it is. I just get nervous. Like I, no, I that's want what I'm saying. The less, the less that I have. The less I have to think about it, the better. Oh, I see what you're saying. But still, if it was the day before, it's like, oh, shit. Oh, no. I start memorizing. Like, what I do, if I have an actual part, I will read the script every day and I will work on it 30 minutes a day. And that way, when if I panic when, when the cameras roll, then I won't forget it as much. I have to step. But I, I like studying for the final day one. I'm not a crammer. Some people are crammers. Are you a crammer? I'm a crammer. Yeah, I don't like it. Uh Crystal at Crystal Tofu. What's it like to role model to so many? You don't have to read all of them. To be a role model. To be a role model. Is that what Crystal? I'm so sorry. Michael can't read. I almost got through it until you interrupted me. As the queen of nerds and geeks, a role model to the queen. That's that's what he asked. I appreciate being. I never set out to be a role model to anything at all. I don't even know what that is. I am. I am appreciative, and I am proud, and I. It makes me feel like I need to be careful. Not careful, but. Be conscientious in the way I present my – I feel like anybody who's a public figure needs to be conscientious. You can't just be, you know, just Joe, just a regular person. Uh, I, I, I think there is – close. There's a balance. <laughs> I, I mean, sort of. I feel like you, you have a responsibility to represent yourself a little bit more circumspectly. Not that I censor myself a lot, but, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, I got to hate her, hate her outfit right. publicly because I'm like, well, that's not – telling people the right thing it's kind of like being a mom yeah it's like it's not censoring yourself it's just being a little bit more careful because you know that it's important your behavior is influencing some 15 year old you get anxiety i used to be a hundred i mean i used to be completely paralyzed by anxiety paralyzed paralyzed while you're working yeah i mean i'm not a good auditioner i'll never get a job auditioning you sweat do you get hives no i have a separation of i basically float on my body so I have no agency, so I just kind of go on autopilot, and I don't actually have the wherewithal to like be like, stop, this is going badly. Can we just stop? Like I get so for afraid that I I like escape escape my body, and I'm a terrible auditioner. Like I'm terrible. If Jessica Chastain went missing, I think you could have her career. 
I mean, that would be nice, but uh, I'll never get any jobs. Like, I really actually decided that last year. I'm like, I'm not, I need to find another career because I never, I can't get jobs with auditions. I'm bad. Well, and I'm too old for this. Well, let me give you some advice. No. You've been, yeah. It won't work. I've tried it all. Well, listen to me for a second. Yeah, okay. Do you know how you really got started in this business? Do you know how it all became, how you became successful? I did myself. I did myself. You did it yourself. Yeah, I know. So why can't you write something for yourself? Why can't you do something for yourself? I've been doing, I've been trying. I've been, I've been pitching TV series. Well, there you go. Well, (laughs) <laughs> do you know I do an English accent? Problem oh, solved. Cool. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah. Did you ever have like freak out moments where you're just having an anxiety attack and everybody knows it and you're just like can't breathe? Yeah. And, and it's an oh, embarrassing. No. I mean, it's terrible. And what do you do? Did you, did you were you addicted to Xanax or? No, I never took Xanax. I tried. I don't. I just CBD oil. That's what I've been doing. Is it good? Do you have anxiety? Yeah, I love it. The HM company anxiety? gives me stuff. Uh, they're fantastic. And I, I take their balm for pains and um, I oh, take wow. these droppers for to sleep at night. And it really helps. It reduces inflammation, helps me sleep and all that yeah, stuff. It really but, does work because I don't do any drugs or anything either. Yeah. I, I, you know what I did? I found out I had horrible acid reflux, which exacerbated oh. my anxiety. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When yeah. you have literally oh, yeah. you're burning you from the inside out. You start to think of it out. and then it just yeah. blows up. So I don't know what <laughs> comes. I'm like last night at 830, like I know things about my body especially things that are trigger foods and i had the horrible and the baby had as has a cold i had to lay with her for two hours to get her to sleep and now i do thanks i know you okay no, you're giving it right to here me. it's right here you need to disinfect yeah. this but anyway i got up and i got it had a dove bar at not 8 30 you at had night. a bar of soap a dove bar it's chocolate chocolate oh, that's 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 soap there is a dove bar soap. That's interesting, actually. I was like, I didn't Jesus, think about would that. you swear yeah, too I ate much? A whole soap. Ate a whole bar of soap. <laughs> no, but I had a chocolate dove bar, and I couldn't sleep last night because I had such bad reflux. I was like, "What are you uh, thinking?" And I remember, like, a little voice in my side of my head was like, "Don't eat that thing." And I was like, "I'm so hungry." I just ate it. I watched British Baking Show, and then I went to sleep, and I could not sleep. You know what I do? What? I just did this two weeks ago. It's two weeks to the day. I stopped. This I'm telling you right now, folks. This helped me. I didn't get headaches. I quit caffeine. Oh, I it's good. I quit coffee. It's good. I quit sodas, mostly sugars. This doesn't mean to all of a sudden eat all natural sugars all day. You got to no. monitor that and only do like 25 grams or whatever. That doesn't have anything. No, no sugar. Good. What I'm saying is the Hint Waters, yeah, they're great. There's, <laughs> there's nothing in that. But I, I don't know what it is, but I'm here's the, here's the difference. Am I tired a little? Sure. My levels don't go crash. No, that's what I'm saying. You don't spike. You so don't I'm spike, sort yeah. of like, okay, I'm a little tired. Well, that's and then decaf. I, got I, I allow myself there's one still, decaf. There's still some. I know. I got to I kind of got to But anyway, off. it helps me and my anxiety. I haven't really had a lot of anxiety being off coffee and stuff like that and just like limitings, like no sodas and all that stuff. You know, I feel like my whole life transformed when I had the baby and I really, well, I, t- I took like six months off before that just to be like, just get your life in order. And I took stand-up class and I did a lot of classes and I actually rediscovered like, okay, what do you want to do with your life? And then I had the baby. And after that, I was like, I'm great. Uh, like six months go by, I get my first audition for a pilot. I'm like, I got this. I go in and I have a meltdown. So I'm like, my body doesn't want me to do this anymore. What do you mean meltdown? I literally was so paralyzed with fear. My heart was just in the, pounding. In, outside in the Outside. Thing. And when I went in, I was just like, hey. And they knew like, it? They had to have. Oh, God. That's what happened to me. To me. That happened to me. I went into a meeting about two months ago for this series and uh, it was just a meet and greet they just wanted the director wanted to meet me and i sat oh, down with the producer that would be so nice i was fine i was just sitting there and everything was fine and then all of a sudden i felt something Ugh. and then i was thinking about it and then she was talking to me and then i f- 
didn't hear what she said. That's what happens to me. You have a panic. Your ba- body is fleeing in fear. It's fly- flight. Uh, what is it? Fight or flight. And then, I, and then, yeah, fight or flight. And then um, the the cast director goes, "Awesome, Michael. You got any other questions or anything?" I go, "No, no, I'm good." <laughs> and I left, and I go, "Oh my god!" And here's the reality: the reality is, if you're having panic attacks, most of the time, no one fucking knows. You it's think, true, yeah. and so I went back, and I go, "Oh my god!" They're, they're, they're. And then they called, and they said, "Hey, they're interested in, and they really wow. enjoyed the meeting." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" Oh. No, and I was like, "They, they didn't notice. They didn't see my face because I felt my face blushing." Like but then at redness. least you were still yourself. See, when you're in a uh, when you're I was, when I you're was. an actor, you are not. I was in touch. faking it. Yeah, you're not in touch with your artist when you're panicking. You know what I'm saying? So I could go into any general audition. I mean, you know, meeting, and I would feel pretty comfortable. I I've been pitching, like I said, I've been pitching TV, and I feel totally comfortable being myself. Unfortunately, when I am anything that is like a, a word on a page, I, I don't know what it is. So basically, I got to find something else going on, or people just need to offer me jobs. Cause I'm 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 on magicians and supernatural. Hopefully, again, like I'm on. To, I'm, I do great work there. What's your Instagram handle? It's Felicia Day. What's your email or uh, your not your email? Email. What's, what email the hell? What's your Jesus. Twitter? What's your Twitter? Felicia Day. Really, it's so simple. Well, my, na- well, my name's too long, so it's Michael Rosenbum. Michael Rosenbum on Twitter. Really? Yeah, it didn't fucking fit, so I had to put bum. You should have that's been, a story that's of my life. Terrible. Twitter doesn't have enough room for Rosenbaum. So no, you were something. Rosenbaum. You were bad before that. It was, it was worse, like, but I, it, this is. Worse. I changed it to Rosenbaum. Yeah, thank you. Rosenbaum and uh, that's Instagram. Terrible. It was like, it was like Rosenbaum. M Rosenbaum eleven before that. M Rosenbaum eleven. Yeah, it's brutal. Oh, I remember that. That was yeah. Stupid. I've gotten like four hundred more followers with this new bum. But bum, but bum. Why? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't fit. It's one too little. I'm one character. It's one yeah. too little. Can you, you think I put bum for? We we tried. I tried getting Twitter to. And they extend wouldn't do it. it. No. So Felicia, you have magicians. You have supernatural. Well, I don't know when I'm going to be back on those shows, but I'm assuming. But you're busy. You have a new baby. You're always working. I'm working. I have a bunch of writing projects. Look, I I personally think you're incredibly dynamic, and talented, and. And warm and Thank honest, you. except there was one part in the beginning of this whole interview. What'd I do? Well, it just, it scared me for a second. I got a little, maybe a little anxiety, like, oh my God, did I upset her? What? Uh, it was when I said something, tell me about your boyfriend. And you just went, I don't talk about my personal life. It scared me for a second. Really? I thought you were going to snap at me. No, I just, I just, I'm like, I don't. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I'm just saying. I, for Am I a sec- scary? No. I'm so excited. I'm scary. For Rob, s- I'm scary. Terrifying. For a second, you just looked at me and I just was like, oh shit, what am I going to ask you next? <laughs> I had that's that's you, mostly what he talked. Did you about. notice, Rob? Yeah. Were I you a little you. uncomfortable? Were you uncomfortable uh, too? No, I wasn't. But I but you could, could tell, tell I was. I didn't tell. I didn't, couldn't tell you were uncomfortable. It's not that you you inadvertently made me uncomfortable because I was like, oh my god, I I, I don't. What's personal then? I don't. But but I, I respect that people don't want to talk about their personal life. Yeah. Well, well, so you did, except for if you're dating anyone, that's what you don't want to talk about. I don't talk about specifics of my fan. I mean, general and I mean, I don't. Well, know. like if I said, "How's your sex life?" You don't want to answer that. Why would you ask somebody I'm, that? I didn't ask that. Did I you said, ask that yes, yes, by that? And that's why he, that. I did that. Why he cried? That. Yep. Did you rewind the can- the tape? I didn't say it. I said, if I were to ask that, is that a personal question? You can ask me anything. Rob, how's your yeah. sex life? What's your sex life? What's your life? What's your sex life? You still have sex with the baby. What? With the no, baby? No, not with the baby. We have- oh, my God. Felicia. While Cut that out, Rob. Rob, yeah, I said, do you still have sex even though you have a baby is what I meant. You know what I meant, you perverts, both of you. Sure, yeah. Okay, thank you. That's it. It was a yes or no question. Jesus. This is so what about you? When's, right now. When's, no, it's not. It's when's the last time you had sex, Michael? 
Wow. Um, it's been a while it's since my, since my uh, ex. You guys have an intimate relationship here. You and Rob. Well, I wish she was, and it was Hemsworth. Mi- it was missionary. <laughs> inappropriate. It was missionary. That's your favorite. Oh God! I don't want to see. Yeah, that's. Yeah, missionary is kind of boring. Okay, why are we talking about that? I thought we were wrapping up. All right, you were on the wrap. Always wrap up, Felicia. Always wrap up. Oh, you're to listen. This has been a real treat for me. I know we talked about it. You were busy, and then we were trying to get you scheduled. But you, you're always. This worked out perfectly because you were going out of town. I just came back into town. This was the fated interview to be. Did you have fun today? I really did. Did you really? Were no, you, I did. Are you surprised? Or was it more fun than you thought you I had? I think you're a better interviewer than I thought you would be, and, but I knew you were going to be good. Really? But you're like a professional interviewer. What, what do you mean? You're able to dodge and weave, and you you know, you know share just enough about yourself, but then you get th- good things about uh, out of people, except for Rob here. Well, we, we get a lot of, out of Rob. Don't worry. Really? Did yeah. you talk more in other podcasts? No. Yeah. Rob's got his issues. What, do you, what are your issues, Rob? No, he talks. What about your, hey, let's talk about Rob's mom. My mom? Yeah. What about my mom? Well, oh, I just w- I would I just want to know what your relationship with your mom is like. I have a good relationship with her now. Yeah, she got him up, put him on medication when he was young. She, oh, she. Well, did. I was I was more of an introvert. But that's okay. So they What's thought he was depressed, that? so well, they put him on something. I would just hang out in my room and yeah, and she thought I was depressed. So what did you hang out in your room doing though? Were you reading? Masturbating? <laughs> no, I was into. You, you weren't like, masturbating art. in high school. Nah, that wasn't why I was in my room by yeah, myself. That socks yeah. still there. Wow. I, no, I was I was into art and. Did you do art? Do you, yeah. Are you a, a visual artist? Yeah. A photographer, too. Great photographer. Wow, Rob. I mean, for like bands and stuff. He, like, he yeah, shoots I started, amazing. I started stuff. working that's with cool. bands when I was like 15. Yeah, that's so why was... did she think you were... When did you go on the medication? Uh, like 15 for like a year. Did it help? I didn't notice a difference, no. So you're not on anything now? No. You just ca- occasionally drink? Uh, very. You look seldom. really clean cut. Like if I were to see, I'd he, said, "Oh, that guy's religious or he, something." Oh yeah, because I'm you're wearing not. a buttoned-up shirt and your hair <laughs> is slicked back with gel. My parents are super religious. My dad was almost a priest. He was wow. going to seminary school. Wow. Wow. And left to start a family. Did you baptize your child? We did not. See, I didn't either. We didn't have a religious wedding either. And Jesus, my... Felicia is just getting this interview on. This is a Felicia Day interview inside of Rob <laughs> Hollis now. My my wife's Jesus. grandma was blessing us at the... We, we have a video. Do you believe in her. God? Um, I believe in God, but I don't like organized religion. Well, how about this? I, I don't like when people say that. I don't think you mean that. Maybe you do, but let me just ask you something before <laughs> you don't okay. need it wrong well you said you don't like organized religion Here's I'm what agnostic I'm not okay atheist. but I like organized religion if it works for people and it doesn't affect me in a negative way I don't think it works for people because of the organized religion part I think it works because of the message and the well, meaning behind maybe it. I'm just misinterpreting because my friend's Christian and his family go they go to church every week and he's a great guy and he doesn't throw it on me and this is what you should believe but does he and- secretly think that you're going to hell or that if, people who well, are gay I think that most people do. <laughs> I think most people think I'm going to hell. Um, I don't know. But look, I always say, look, I have a friend that's Mormon. I have a friend that's who's just on here, Scientologist. If it works for you <clears> and I love you and you're great and it doesn't affect me in a negative way, people, you're not posing, then, then, then organized yeah, religion works. I said yeah. I don't like organized religion okay. for me. I'm not an organized person. Oh, though. for you. Like, for you. I oh, got, okay. I got confirmed and then that was the last time I went to church. I play yeah. violin at a lot of churches when I was, I was bar in mitzvahed. college. Oh, really? Yeah, but I don't know what I was saying. I memorized it. 
Well, that isn't, that, re- that, isn't that the thing? No, you met you learned to, to speak Hebrew. <laughs> yeah, this microphone just broke. Oh, Felicia wow. Day, this has been a real treat. Well, can we talk about Rob next time again? Maybe next time. Will you come back? Oh well, yeah. You're a real good uh, interviewee. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You're fun. Um, you're smart. Uh, some of the words I'm going to look up. What? There were a couple I, of words I, you said I, that I want to look up. Really? Yeah. Which one? Along with your quotes and your statistics. That okay, were a little listen. Off. They were in the range. They tendrils, were in the range. What were tendrils? Tendrils. But five. What's tendrils? It was five fifteen. Fifty and one twenty-five. Was that it, Rob? Um, it was one hundred and fifty. One hundred fifty. Thank you for allowing me to be 50. inside of you today, Felicia. <laughs> Thank you. It was a and real we were pleasant experience. And then five. Fifteen and five. Yeah. This is inside of you. I, I hope you enjoyed Felicia Day. Bye bye. See you. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.